0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast, 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. I'm Brad Binkley. My co-host Monica Press is not here today. She is at Freedom Fest fighting the good fight. She will be back on Monday, July 26th. In the meantime, we are going to post for patrons some of the podcasts that Monica is doing while up there at Freedom Fest. That should be really cool. Look for those to show up in the Patreon feed today at patreon.com slash propaganda report today and tomorrow and get that new material as well as hundreds of hours of commercial free content from Monica and me but the show must go on today so welcome back our friend Cam Harless of the Mad Ones podcast. Cam filling in today helping us out. Cam how you doing?
1: I am doing just great. I had a little bit of the um, CBD and CBG from True Hemp Science and I'm, I'm chilled out brother. I'm, I'm ready to go. Those guys know what they're doing over there at True Hemp Science.
0: Cam, every now and then, there's a story that pops into the news that really just gets me going, fires me up. And our top story today is one of those stories. The COVID vaccine atrocity propaganda has arrived. This is next level propaganda that we're going to see. And it's maddening in a lot of ways. And keep in mind while you're listening to this, that this is a story that has been promoted across the board on the mainstream outlets. CNN, ABC, CBS, all of them. No questions are being asked. It's just being used to promote this vaccine. You need to get vaccinated or everybody's going to die propaganda. So here's the story as I first encountered it last night. CNN anchor Pamela Brown of The Lead, formerly hosted by Jake Tapper, who was out, she teased this story like this before they went to commercials. She said a heartbreaking story about young COVID patients literally begging for vaccines as they are about to be intubated. And then they come back from commercial break and she picks up the story and introduces it like this. She says, an Alabama doctor's Facebook post went viral because it clearly puts the current COVID crisis into perspective. Now I'm going to read you what this Facebook post is exactly, but I want to point out right here that none of the outlets that covered the story actually corroborated what you were about to hear. None of them reported facts that could be verified. Instead, what they did was they reported on a viral Facebook post, kind of getting around having to post that something is actually factual. So that's your first (laughs) hint that this is not an actual fact-based story, but merely a viral post that fits the agenda and the narrative. Here is what the post from Dr. I guess she's a doctor, Brittany Kobeye. She says, I've made a lot of progress encouraging people to get vaccinated lately. Do you want to know how? I'm admitting young, healthy people to the hospital with very serious COVID infections. One of the last things they do before they're intubated is beg me for the vaccine. I hold their hand and I tell them I'm sorry, but it's too late. A few days later, when I call time of death, I hug their family members and I tell them the best way to honor your loved one is to go get vaccinated and encourage everyone that you know to do the same. And They cry and they tell me they didn't know. They thought it was a hoax. They thought it was political. They thought because they had a certain blood type or a certain skin color, they wouldn't get as sick. They thought it was just the flu, but they were wrong and they wish they could go back, but they can't. So they thank me and they go get the vaccine, and I go back to my office, write their death note, and I say a small prayer that this loss will save lives. It's not too late, but someday it might be. Okay, I'm going to wow. give you a second to, to take that extraordinary post. in. Now, this is reported across the board as actual news, real facts that are happening across the board. No questions asked. Right away, what I notice here, as so many things here, is that this woman is telling us that she successfully got anti-vaxxers to go get the shot by intubating their kids and then hugging them as they despair (laughs) and how wrong they were after their kid dies. And then they thank her before they leave. Now, if (laughs) this is true, then this woman should be investigated for malpractice and potentially wrongful death because they need to look and see if she actually intubated these young people right when they got in there, if this is the first thing that she did upon admitting them, or if it was a last ditch effort. If this was her first strategy like in the beginning of the pandemic, then this strategy is basically a death sentence as 97% of yeah. people early on that were intubated right away died, and then doctors changed up their strategy. I've, I have some family members who have been intubated in the past. It is basically a death sentence. They give you the warning before doing it saying they probably will not make it. You don't want to be intubated unless it's a last ditch effort and the fact that she's saying she was doing it to younger people that came in i have a lot of questions about that and i think she could be under the threat of a malpractice suit however i'm pretty sure it's all complete bs so i think she's all right on the malpractice side of it but not only does her post Meet all of the ad councils, which was formerly the war propaganda agency in World War II. Talking points, the ad council's behind a lot of this propaganda push. It's vaccine push. that We're seeing they're coordinated a lot of it. Like She talked about the families of the patients clearly being anti-vaxxers and obviously Trump supporters because they thought it was just the flu. They thought it was a hoax. And you can tell by the way the media presented the story in that they only cited a viral Facebook post and didn't give any actual facts. The only way... That this story should have been in the news is if the media was saying, look at this piece of misinformation that (laughs) is still on Facebook and has been shared over 11,000 times. That's the only way that this should be in the news. But nobody's calling out, calling it out for misinformation. They're promoting it as though it were true.
1: Well, my my the first thing I wanted to say when you read the first few paragraphs of that was okay sounds like globalist propaganda but okay um but seriously how many people on the bus stood up and and clapped when she when she does this like does the whole er clap did she have to tell her did her six-year-old tell her to do this like this is all so clearly bullshit made up absolutely (laughs) there's my language again
0: well it it comes out this this story can really make you want to swear especially another (laughs) thing about it This isn't going to be the case all the time, but she's acting like she's talking to these people who are into they're about to be intubated and she's sitting there having a conversation (laughs) with them as a doctor. When When you're being intubated, it's because you have a hard time breathing and quite often you cannot talk or you are already unconscious. So she's having them waste their breath to beg for the vaccine. What kind of sadistic, messed up doctor is this
1: woman? Yeah, that was the first red flag is when you said she was begging people she was about to intubate. I was like, or the people who were about to be intubated were begging for the vaccine. I'm like, first, how many how many people are stupid enough to think that you can take a vaccine after you have the thing? Like, the, the way people work in the general population who, this isn't a, I wouldn't call this a vaccine anyway, but people who understand vaccines know that it's preemptive. It's a preemptive strike against something, so that doesn't make any sense. But the idea that they're sitting there breathless, they may have to have their lungs replaced and they're they're begging out loud, no. Nothing, none of this rings true. None of this it rings this true. This reads like a Tumblr post.
0: Yeah, a Tumblr post. That's a great, great <laughs> callback there to Tumblr. <laughs> The media, they ran with this because it's atrocity propaganda that pulls those heartstrings. Usually, though, another tell is that CNN and other networks, when they do these types of stories, they put a face on it. They show the person's face. They show images. They talk about the person's life, the person who died. They bring the family members on to interview them. This one, they just said, oh, this viral post on Facebook really, really illustrates the current COVID crisis. They didn't even say it was true. They, they might as well have said this piece <laughs> of fantasy fiction illustrates the current COVID crisis. Although, if it's true, investigate that woman, because she He's a bad doctor. What this does tell us, though, is this tells us that anti vax misinformation will be investigated or will be taken off of Facebook. But pro vax misinformation or disinformation in this case can persist and be shared again over 11,000 times. Mm -hmm. Now, with this misinformation still being on Facebook, it it makes you wonder what Biden had to say about misinformation last night at his town hall. So, I'm going to give you a couple quick takeaways from biden's town hall first he says the cdc is probably going to recommend masks for all kids under the age of 12 in schools because they haven't been vaccinated and they don't want to end up in this woman's hospital room and have her shoving (laughs) a a tube down their throat right as they're begging to get the vaccine so they need to wear their mask so they aren't killed off by this martyred yeah exactly right
1: (laughs) martyred for the cause
0: and then he i don't think a lot of people picked up on this but He was rambling a lot and he wasn't making a lot of sense, but every now and then stuff would kind of come out that, that would make you go, whoa, I think I know what he was trying to say there. He seemed to be promoting community policing for checking vaccines. You know, they want to get the corporations and the community and your neighbors and your family to check on it so that the government doesn't have to mandate it. Here's what he said. He said, and this is, he was picking up from the mask for kids under 12. He said, those over the age of 12 who are able to get vaccinated, if you're vaccinated, you shouldn't wear a mask. If you aren't vaccinated, wear a mask. So it's going to get a little bit tight in terms of, well, our mom and dad being honest that, you know, Johnny did or did not get the vaccine that's going to raise questions and then he goes on to say i think what's going to happen is that you're going to see this work out in ways that people are going to know in the community everybody knows in a community whether or not johnny really did get the vaccination when he's 15 or 17 years old and i think it's a matter of community responsibility what do you think he's what do you think he's telling people to do with that message
1: <sighs> It's just more Soviet propaganda, man. It really is. It's more more of the, you got to, well, I mean, at this point, it's not, you know, throw them in jail, which is the, you know, the the limit of the, not the limit, but that's how you, that's what you have to do to get to Soviet level. But it's very Soviet in that it's public shaming. It's ostracizing these people. It's about destroying families. I will, I do want to briefly mention something. Because we talked yesterday briefly about my brother and how he had that post about the with the thing. He topped it last night and it was right after we talked yesterday and he posted the CNN uh, graphic from Instagram and it says five reasons for, for not getting vaccinated that don't hold up. And so he put he put this on his story and it's like there are five different reasons that don't hold up. I don't want to get the vaccine. I don't want to get COVID-19 from the vaccine. We don't know the long term side effects. The vaccine might hurt my fertility. It's none of your business if I don't get vaccinated. I mean, I'm young and healthy, so I don't need to get vaccinated. It's all these are legitimate responses. But I, of course, being me, I just made my own story and I put a I changed it. and I made it say one reason for uh, getting vaccinated. For not getting vaccinated, that does hold up, and I, I'll show this to you. It says, uh, "Go f yourself." Go f yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally impossible for me to give a crap about what you think. <laughs>
0: Yeah, when they are overwhelming people with this propaganda, trying to jam it down their throat, and then people are just sharing stuff like he shared, and I've seen other people share as well, they're not thinking for themselves. They're just regurgitating these propaganda messages that are being drilled into their minds, and and, and at their unconscious minds, really, because right. it's being repeated so often. A couple of other takeaways from his town hall was obviously, as expected, a top priority for the Biden administration in their effort to target domestic terrorism, is really what this is, is the anti-vax messaging, the not the anti-vax, the misinformation, they call it, the anti-vax misinformation on Facebook and other platforms. And he says in order to stop this misinformation, that they are going to use every avenue they can, public, private, government, non-government. And this is exactly What it said in that document, the countering disinformation, digital hate group that we read yesterday that Biden is taking these talking points from. And this is what we're seeing with them enlisting the help of all these different local influencers. He goes on to say that the way that you're going to influence people is these trusted local resources. And he, he said, all kidding aside, which he said like 40 times, all kidding aside, all kidding aside, he wasn't kidding about anything. <laughs> he, he continues to say that. He says, what we're doing is getting people of consequence who are respected in the community, whether they're athletes, whether they're entertainers, or whether whether they're just well-respected, we're getting them. And he says, I have overwhelming support of the clergy that uh, in the African-American community, that they're opening up the churches for vaccination. So here, what he's basically saying is we're going to be getting African Americans to manipulate other African Americans, which what a lot of people don't know about the Tuskegee Project is that the way that the doctors conducting the research were able to string along people for 40 plus years was because they got the local african-american doctors that these guys trusted to prevent them from getting treated and to manipulate them and they had a nurse who is their handler an african-american nurse for 40 years to string them along and be their trusted guide this is the same type of stuff as that is enlisting african-americans to help (coughs) african-americans overcome their hesitancy
1: Well, it it actually reminds me of a different thing that it's just like. So I don't know if you know much about the history of Planned Parenthood and Margaret Singer, but that was one of her big uh, vehicles to getting birth control to more people. She would hire African American clergy and send those people out to to convince the people of her stance and that's where that famous quote from her comes where it says you know we don't want people to think that we're trying to exterminate the black population is because that's what she was doing it's the same exact playbook that margaret singer used she's using clergy and black americans to convince their people to do what the government wants or to you know, not necessarily in Margaret Sanger's case. They wanted to change the government, make this stuff legal. But you, you understand my point. Yes, it's the a power different, of it's propaganda. identity
0: politics. They, they prevent people from asking critical questions by just putting in someone they trust uncritically. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. So my takeaway of it, his general performance was really the strongest takeaway for me. He was bumbling. He seemed like he was out of his mind. He seemed like he was really, really old. And he seemed unwell. Sometimes I go back and forth on whether they're doing that intentionally. So they bait people to mock him. But it makes me think that perhaps we might be seeing another president a little bit sooner than anticipated. Monica, and she'll tell us more about this next week, but Monica had a thought we were talking yesterday that perhaps Biden is going to be taken out by an unvaccinated person who infects Mm. him or something like that. And I thought that was a really interesting thought. And I'm looking forward to hearing her elaborate on that next week. But I think we could possibly see Kamala sooner than later. I always thought it would be less
1: than two years that Biden would be in. Well, I think it's funny. I I don't know if you saw the articles the other day or if y'all talked about this, but that um, unvaccinated people with COVID uh, had had uh infected or or just had infected her directly or just her team but nancy pelosi had those people around do you think that that's the 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 first showing of what they're going to try with biden because he he talked about how him and barack obama had this plan that if if you know if he got sick he could he wouldn't have to speak anymore and someone else could take over i mean this is. Absolutely. Old news, in a sense.
0: <laughs> I, I think that definitely, the string is getting closer to him. You know, it's just kind of creeping closer and closer to Biden. Meanwhile, he's going out and doing these events, and he's not wearing a mask all the time. And we're mm-hmm. seeing these breakthrough cases, which, by the way, they're giving us all these percentages about these breakthrough cases, completely out of context percentages, completely out of context percentages. <laughs> but that's, a, that's another story for another day. But Jen Psaki today, during the White House press conference, said that they aren't going to be tracking the number of breakthrough cases. You're not? How how can you tell us that 97% of people who are in the hospital are unvaccinated when you're not going to be tracking and keeping up with breakthrough cases, which are cases of COVID and people who've been vaccinated? If if you're not going to keep up with that number, how can you give us a number? It's just total BS the way that they use these statistics to manipulate. But you had something about corporate private type ownerships, (laughs) right?
1: So what, what's, what's, what's interesting is I saw this clip yesterday, right after we, we stopped talking. And, you know, you can't really trust Elon Musk because he's on the government dole, essentially. But sometimes he says some incredibly based things. Um, and so he was, there's this, this, um, they're doing, it's like a Bitcoin organization. They're trying to talk people into using Bitcoin, have companies use Bitcoin, which I think, you know, cool. That's, let them try that and not be by fiat. Uh, but he was talking and he was, Dorsey was on this panel with him, Jack Dorsey from Twitter. And uh, Elon Musk said, Government is the biggest corporation of all and it's got a monopoly on violence. If you don't like corporations, you should really hate government. And let me just tell you, hearing the words monopoly on violence coming out of Elon Musk's mouth is just. You like hearing your own verbology, ver, ver, verbiage, not verbology. Why do I say that? I'm not studying <laughs> verbs here. Verbage, go out to the mainstream. So, I mean, I saw that and I was like, I have to share this with, with Brad immediately because this is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and Pete's got that documentary, The Monopoly, mm-hmm. the Monopoly on Violence. Also, he's probably happy to hear Elon Musk promote
1: that term. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he would, but no, it's just that. And that's one of those things The I, I when I was on with Monica, where we were talking about, you know, fashion, economic fascism and how closely tied these corporations are with the government and how it's harder and harder every day to call different companies private because they are working like, especially with the vaccine stuff. Like uh, Johnson and Johnson, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, all of these companies are working, trying to, at one point, we're trying to get the vaccine mandates, trying to get the the vaccine passports put through because they knew, and so did Walmart, that they, who gets paid to put vaccines in people, that if they had to require it to go into Walmart, Walmart makes a buck, Pfizer makes, you know, 30 bucks every time that happens. So the line between corporation and government is getting thinner and thinner every day. And it's really, it's really interesting. And I think that I've said it before. People need to understand what economic fascism is, what Klaus Schwab's up to, because this is all tied. The Great Reset, all of this is tied together and it's, it's not good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think that that line is completely gone. I think that. At the biggest level, the corporation is a government, the government is a corporation. I, right. I think that they got the money going back and forth. They're all getting rich off of everybody else. I think they give the illusion at the lower levels. There's a little bit less of it at the lower levels, but when it comes to the Klaus Schwabs and all of them and the Elon Musk and Facebook, especially. It's, Facebook is not a private company, okay? They people say, well, it's a private company. Right. Facebook is totally working with every government on the planet to implement <laughs> these policies. And we heard Jin Saki the other day say that they are working with Facebook about content they can put on there that they're working, they're in contact and in touch with all the major news outlets about how to frame news. I mean, this is not private companies. These aren't private
1: watchdogs. Yeah. These are public-private partnerships. And what's even funnier about it, though, is she didn't say they were working with Facebook. Yeah, They true. said they were working for Facebook, which is this, <laughs> this additional level of, if this is a um, Freudian slip, this is a terrifying thing because fascism has gotten that much closer to us. Yeah, you know, it, in the I, Italian sense of the word. <laughs> it, feel,
0: it feels like it's getting closer and closer. And that makes me think of another thing that Biden talked about during that town hall is he was talking about how this is kind of the last stand for democracy, for democracy to prove that it can still work. And he was talking about it in the context of how technology has the speed of it, the advancements and uh, communication technology and how China thinks that its model is the new model for this mm-hmm. century, and that our model is the way out, and that we have to show that democracy works. And I noticed an article that you brought. I didn't read it. I'm glad you brought it. But about China and their new approach.
1: Yeah, so I, I read the, the title of the article is To Win Friends and Influence People, America Should Learn from the Chinese Communist Party. And this comes from the Foreign Policy magazine. So these are, like, these are not good people that are saying this, let's let's get that out of the way. These are not good people. Um, But so the the article is actually super short. It just kind of goes into Beijing's development projects are are flashy, fast and relevant. Why aren't Washington's? And so their point is that china's winning the race for global influence uh allegedly the u.s has twice as many diplomats as china spends 10 times as much in in foreign aid and contributes to international organizations like the un their the contributions of america are 20 times larger than china's but it seems like china is actually gaining this capital uh nearly 140 countries have signed on to China's Belt and Road Initiative, which is a global infrastructure development strategy to link the whole world, the globe, to Beijing, where Beijing can c- control the global flow of data. And so the foreign policy people are like, oh, how does how does America get better? How do they get... To win, win friends and influence people. Oh, they have to become like the Chinese Communist Party, which I would say is almost pretty much a misnomer. I don't think it's communist. It's economically fascist. It's traditionally fascist. Yeah. It's a, a corporate state. And. That's just so on the nose, dude.
0: (laughs) It is. It is a corporate state. That's important to remember. The citizens of China might buy into the communist ideology, but these ideologies are vehicles for power. Uh, A tyrant, somebody who wants power, wants to be a dictator, is going to use these types of appeals in order to mobilize the masses because it has these Marxist appeals, these you've been oppressed, it's not your fault, let us take care of it, appeals, let's overthrow everything, it's an easy way to mobilize people, and that's why the communist... Communist appeals are so popular to want to be dictators. But those dictators very rarely, in fact, I don't know if they ever truly have not remained a dictator. It doesn't ever seem to get past the dictator part
1: of communism. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) But that's what's but the fact that and, you know, I don't love China any more than anyone else. And I know that there's a lot of uh, propaganda being pushed against China right now, which they had to wait until Trump was out of office long enough before they started doing their propaganda push against China. I don't know if you noticed that. It was like at the six month point, suddenly they could talk about China.
0: Yeah, I did notice that. Trump was never allowed to, but now Biden is kind of openly making them an adversary, even though it is strange because a lot of the things that we do here from the progressive side of things, would serve to benefit China when yeah. it comes to the social aspect of the culture they're trying to push.
1: But I will say, I don't want all of the data throughout the globe to siphon through Beijing. I don't want them to be the ones filtering the internet <laughs> any more either. than I want the U.S. government. <laughs> I go back and forth,
0: too. We talk about China, Russia, and the rivalries and all this. And there is rival, rival rivalries. There are. But... I feel just like there's the Klaus Schwab's and others who are at the very top in the little boardroom where leaders from all the countries get together and plan how they're going to pull the strings. They might be frenemies in certain ways, but I see it less as China and more as internationalists who are using China and using America as the enemies to each other and using Russia as a way to accomplish their goals,
1: their global goals. Yeah. Remember, yesterday we talked about Stettler and Michael Wolf. Russia and uh, Putin and Biden are that. These are fake fights. Yeah. For, That's what this is. It's exactly the same as Stettler and, and Michael Wolf from yesterday. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah. It's WWE type stuff at a, at a global level. For our last story of the Free 30, before we get to that, that story is going to be about. The CIA Deception Maxim number 7 and why it's relevant today. Always find those interesting. I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the Patron 15, which is, is Fauci going to be investigated? Will it happen? And and the lengths at which one COVID-positive man will go to board an airplane undetected. You'll find this one pretty interesting. I have a feeling. But before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor of today's show,
2: The Rye Guys. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you, do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy great conversation take off one of our tees and well we're not here to judge you we support liberty peace and voluntary solutions to societal ills and you have our word our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows so stop by today at www.ryguys.com that's w-r-y-g-u-y-s.com. ryguys.com. the rye guys a rye wit for today's shit Love the Rye Guys. Love
0: that commercial. Use the coupon code PROP10 when you check out to get a discount. Check them out. TheRyeGuys.com. And if you haven't yet, go to thepropreport.com and register your email address. This is important because we know more censorship is coming down. We see it right now. We heard it last night from Biden during his town hall. And this gives us a way to stay in contact with you in the event that we are purged. Again, it's happened before and we want to be short up this time and make sure we have a way to communicate things when we need to. So go to our site and by signing up, you also get our monthly newsletter, which you can also find on the website that Monica has put together. In that newsletter, you will find a, find out about all of our guest appearances for the month, upcoming events, book recommendations, and much more. Monica's done a great job with the newsletter. You don't want to miss it. And finally, while you are at ThePropReport.com, check out our Prop Report merchandise. We have Propaganda Report shirts, mugs, stickers, and coasters. They're all fantastic products. The shirts are comfortable, the stickers are sticky, and the mugs are big, and the mugs are strong. You can beat off an intruder with these things. I love these mugs. Top quality. So, check it out. Click on the shop page up on the top right. And and browse around, see what you like. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcast or whatever your podcasting listing device is, and and leave us a five-star review and a comment. This helps us grow the show by helping us show up higher in the search engine rankings, and more importantly, it warms our hearts and keeps us motivated. With that said, on to the final story of the Free 30. Cam, every now and then, I like to bring these... These documents, I love reading these old CIA declassified training (laughs) manuals from the olden days and and newer ones, too, when they come out, not just the CIA, but all of the military trainings, the psychological warfare training stuff, I find it very interesting and very eye-opening. And so I like to bring these deception maxims, the CIA deception maxims to the show every now and then, because they're often very relevant to what's going on. And the one I'm bringing today is from a document that is called Deception Maxims, Fact and Folklore. And the maxim is, maxim number seven, a sequencing rule for deception activities. Deception activities should be sequenced so as to maximize the persistence of incorrect hypothesis for as long as possible. I'm going to read that part again. Deception activities should be sequenced so as to maximize the persistence of incorrect hypotheses for as long as possible. Actors tend to overlook the fact that evidence consistent with their theories may also be consistent with other views. This is a very simple maxim. That is playing into people's preconceived notions to the the theories that they are certain are true and then presenting information to them in a way that reaffirms that and that kind of shields them from looking at, other alternative possibilities. And I think that right now, this is something that we're all very vulnerable about because we have this massive propaganda campaign that is using strong emotional appeals that is turning people into demons, some people into heroes, villains, and they're pitting us against each other, which is causing us to see it as a tribal fight, as a threat, as a fight for our survival and the survival of our families. And people aren't looking at the facts and they aren't asking questions and looking at alternative explanations to what is going on. And the answer often lies in alternative explanations. If they are using strong emotional appeals and pitting you against other people and trying to do it in a way where they don't want you asking any questions, I mean, no questions, then that's when you should ask questions. Because the reason they don't want you asking questions is because that alternative explanation could be revealed to you through those
1: questions. Right. So it's 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 weaponizing confirmation bias. That's a great way to put it, my friend. So that's, it makes a lot of sense because you can, if you can corn, not cornhole. That's yeah, <laughs> if you cornhole
0: the enemy, then really, you've, you've really,
1: won. Yeah, definitely. You've won. won. <laughs> but if you can pigeonhole these people into the, their ideas and feed them only the facts that agree with them or, you know, just say, oh, you know, you're right. You're so right. There's no reason why it would be anything other than this. Look at all of this data; it's beautiful. You have to you have to admire it to some extent how they do some of this stuff. I mean, I I, I don't love it. It's evil, but it's like some of this stuff is sharp. It really is. They've been doing trial
0: and error experimentation, (laughs) social experiments on this, psychological experiments for over 100 years. You go back and read Edward Bernays' stuff, and he's citing all these experiments that that were used, the Tavistock Institute, which is based on Freud's philosophies. And people don't realize this, and they watch something on Vox News or Vice or something like that that's (laughs) like, how to tell what gaslighting is. And then they're all like, I'm an expert on gaslighting. I know how to spot propaganda. (laughs) No, that's exactly what they want you to think. They want you to have an overconfidence in your ability to recognize what manipulation is so that they can just point to the other person and say, you see that obvious manipulation? The real manipulation is layers deep and it is really sophisticated and well tested, and they have a long head start on us. So that's why we have to ask questions yeah. and use our critical thoughts to overcome this weaponized confirmation bias. A great term you coined
1: there. <laughs> um, but oh man, what was it that you you? I I love when I forget what I'm about to say. It's the ADHD yeah. <laughs> man. <laughs> Happens to us all. I definitely forgot. <laughs> well,
0: on that note, maybe it'll come to you in the patron fifteen. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. <laughs> we are off tomorrow, but we will be releasing a very interesting interview that we recorded earlier this week with Tho Bishop of the Mises Institute. Lots of fascinating I stuff know him. in there. Yeah, he's great. Lots of interesting stuff about Li- Libertarian Party strategies. So look for that in the Propaganda Report feed. And we also are going to be posting our patron Q&A tomorrow. So if you want to get in on that and listen to that, sign up for Patreon And we will also be posting some of that content that Monica is at the Freedom Fest in the Patreon feed as well, patreoncom report. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at the thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. Again, as I said, if you want access access to that, what was that?
1: <laughs> that beautiful.
0: If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreoncom report. We will talk to you all next week or in the Patreon 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.